Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Roger Wallace, color analyst, UT Football Radio, also does other UT sports, is with us. 365 Sports. Roger, thanks for your time. Texas is there. They're back. First time since 2018. When they played yep. Oklahoma after they'd beaten the Sooners in the Cotton Bowl, uh, is, is it right now what they've done in recent weeks peaking at just the right moment, or am I giving them too much credit for that? Yeah, maybe, maybe a repeat. I mean, you know, it doesn't get much better than what they did at Alabama, and I get I get what people you know say about Alabama and how much they've improved and how much Jalen Milrow improved, but still, you know, it, it's tough to go in there and win. Uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, after what happened against K-State uh, and then uh, TCU, they were pretty dominant defensively against Iowa State and then obviously uh, what they did uh, to Tech. So seems like it's kind of a, a repeat going on, especially huh, on the defense, guys. I mean, if you watch that game Friday night, that's as fast as I've seen Texas play defense in a long time. Roger, this game would seem to kind of favor them in the fact that uh, it's about Ollie Gordon running up the middle uh, for Oklahoma State. That's how they've, they've been good this year. Um, but when it comes to a guy that's that, that talented, do you still kind of maybe back off on, yes, Texas has been great at that part, but, I mean, this dude's kind of a kind of a different animal. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, I think if you look at the numbers, I think that's some fool's gold here because it, it, at the numbers – look like, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty wide margin. But somehow Oklahoma State seems to find different ways. Obviously, if, if Gordon gets going, uh, now Texas did a nice job against Taj Brooks, and then they, they got the big lead, so kind of took that out. I mean, look at what Iowa State did in the snow running on K-State, and they ran for nine yards against Texas. So, obviously, conditions are going to be perfect. Uh, again, that defense is healthy and, and playing fast, so uh, they'll key on Gordon. They know uh, what Bowman can do. It's it's their second quarterback they're facing that beat them as a Texas Tech quarterback. First Donovan mm. Smith at Houston and now uh, Bowman at uh, at Oklahoma State. So it, I, I think it's one of those games where just if you're a Texas fan, just be careful looking at all the numbers because that might make you feel a little better than you should uh, going into a you know 60-minute winner-take-all type thing. Roger, what was the conversation like around Austin as it appeared Oklahoma might get that little glint, you know, that little break and, and the possibility of getting into this game? And then 
you know, once it was Oklahoma State, just what was kind of the general reaction that you got? Because I know most people, like the ratings would obviously big, be bigger if it was Oklahoma, Texas. They would love that send-off as they're both leaving, but um, did, did people get kind of get their hopes up there? I, I don't know. I think it's kind of split. I mean, I think Oklahoma's way more explosive, so I think they're a scarier team, and obviously uh, they know how to beat Texas. They did it. Uh, and then you, you've got the people who say, well, we wanted Oklahoma because it would be a better win. I don't, I don't think that matters at this point. They're going to need help uh, if you're looking at the college football playoffs. So it doesn't matter, I think, if it beat a top 20 uh, Oklahoma State team or a top 12 Oklahoma team. So I, I think it's probably split. I think probably deep down people may not want to admit it, but they, uh, they don't mind taking on a, a new opponent in Oklahoma State. What a thud that would be, guys, if, if you, know, you go 11-1, and one, you do all this, and then you get swept by Oklahoma and keeps you out of everything. Yeah, that would probably be the worst thing that could ever happen is losing to Oklahoma once is <laughs> right. tough enough, especially the way it went down, and then losing to them again. So we've, we've discussed Devondre Sweat. We know Byron Murphy's also a major part of it and many others on that Texas defense. But you've been around watching them a long, long time. Anything comparable to what they have right now in that front? Uh, well, I was here a long time ago, David, when they had a guy – Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that Pretty was good. a long, long time. That was a long time ago. Obviously, uh, their 05 team had NFL players uh, everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, the way that those two are playing in this kind of, you know, re uh, remade Texas football program, it's been pretty special. And, you know, Sweat was the guy last year. It was like, oh, man, they're going to lose Keandre Coburn. That's so huge. Well, it's nice that Sweat came back but he's no Coburn. Well, they're right. He's actually been better uh, than Coburn. They knew about Murphy because he didn't start. Uh, I think he started a handful of games in his preseason all big 12. So everybody knew. Well, yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, pretty formidable tandem that you have to go back. And, and I made the comparisons there, but there, there aren't many of them for sure. How uh, much of an advantage is it for Texas that outside of the PAC 12 uh, game, which, which probably doesn't really affect their standing uh, all that much anyway, um, because one of those teams is probably getting into the playoff regardless that their game is before the other ones. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you win it, then you become uh, pretty nervous, uh, you know, Louisville fan and if you lose doesn't really matter so you know you're probably going to get a uh, a New Year's Six bowl game but you're not going to have a chance uh to wake up on Sunday morning and anxiously await that uh that reveal so yeah I think they they and every coach says we want to play early and get it over with so I think they like that I don't think there's any advantage to oh knowing what they have to do you know if they were to play later so I think they just want to go out and, and try to get that 12th win and if they get they get into that final four great if not uh they've, they've kind of set this program up pretty well uh moving into the sec and the 12-team playoff roger we were just talking about uh you know some things from over thanksgiving and and like dolly pardon was probably like the number one most talked about thing in this country <laughs> over thanksgiving you could argue but number two might have been the debut of arch manning i mean the the buzz <laughs> Uh, that spread across social media when it was, you know, known that he was going to be entering the game and the people that I was with just like, it was just, it felt different than watching some other game. What was it like to see and, and what were your thoughts and just kind of, you know, this, this big moment finally coming to fruition there with Arch making his Texas debut. 
Well, full disclosure, guys, I was uh, roughing it in the Virgin Islands. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. With, with the UT oh, women's basketball team. Oh, you had the women's team. basketball oh, tournament. Nice. That's At right. the Paradise Jam. And, Craig, I thought you were going to say the most talked about thing was Texas' three wins in the Virgin Islands <laughs> by a combined 136 points. Hey. And leading high point 32 to nothing before they hit a bucket with 15 seconds to go in the quarter. Mm. I thought that's what everybody was talking about. That was number but three. I, I hear you. Yeah, we missed that yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> but – I, I think under the circumstances is what led to the delirium. They clearly are going to win the game, and then Arch comes in, and it's already a celebration. So it was kind of the perfect storm for everybody just to go go crazy. Now, if he comes in because he has to or for other reasons, it might not be the same, but I think it was just kind of party of the, a part of that uh, fourth-quarter party uh, at DKR. And, and yeah, it was uh, – cool to see him out there for the fans i'm sure and then you find out that he was out there because uh sark said malik murphy got banged up on the celebration after keelan robinson's uh kickoff return for a touchdown so that's kind of bizarre but uh yeah i think uh that capped off uh, quite a night and i'm sure texas's staff like to get him out there and kind of feel it if you know what i mean as the uh all the portal stuff and all the talk is going to uh start happening well, on that, with Malik Murphy in particular, would he be a guy who enters himself into the portal in December, or will he – I mean, if Quinn Ewers comes back, I think maybe, you know, that's probably different. Or will he be a guy who maybe goes into the spring and then does it then? Yeah, I, I, well, I think, first of all, if they're in the playoffs, I don't think he would. He seems like – uh, he's too much of a team guy. I get it. You got to take care of yourself. But if somehow they get into the playoff and suddenly, well, he could be playing. Role, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you can still do it later. Uh, you can wait for the spring. You can, uh, you know, you can wait. But it, yeah, it's just unrealistic to think that he's not going to at least take a look around. I mean, it's kind of like the deal with going into the draft uh, when you can come back. Why not see what's out there? And uh, we don't know what Quinn Ewers is going to do. And so, yeah, I, I just can't imagine. I've talked to you guys before that these three guys will be on this roster next year. It just doesn't seem realistic. Maybe maybe it'll happen. I mean, if Sark talks about culture, that would be the ultimate uh, culture flex <laughs> to keep oh. all these guys around. Yeah, and, and then they have, they have new bodies coming in uh, pretty soon. I want to discuss the special teams. You mentioned Robinson's kick return. Worthy's had a punt return. They cover kicks, it seems like to me, pretty well. I'll never forget Weisner blew up Baylor when they played earlier this year in a kick return. And here's a guy that's a former high-level running back or is a running back and scored in the game against Texas Tech. And then Auburn has been ridiculous as a kicker. I always, I know. I've always said good teams can be really good, even great if their special teams are good. Is that kind of what you see with Texas? Yeah, and it's it's kind of strange because it's something that Sark kept so kept saying he felt like they were close, and you know coaches say a lot of stuff, and yeah, you, you return a punt for nine, and he thought it could go for ninety or or something like that. Well, he he turned out to be right because all of a sudden the back half of the season they're making huge plays uh, both in the return game punting. And obviously, Keelan Robinson, I mean, that was the hammer. Uh, you go into the half down 26-7, and then you look up, and it's 33-7, 15 seconds into the second half. And then the coverage has been great. Ryan Sanborn, uh, you, you know, if, if you're Sark and you're going to go to the portal, you better get guys that are going to make a difference 
uh, if your roster's as good as you think it is, and it turns out it, it seems like it is, and he's been a huge difference uh, bringing in uh, Sanborn from Stanford to punt. And then, yeah, Auburn, nobody knew he was going to get on this kind of heater. So, yeah, they're just, you know, the offense numbers haven't really been off the charts, as you guys know, but when you can score in special teams, when your defense can create some stuff, it, uh, it uh, changes things dramatically. Roger, uh, I know that the focus right now is on Saturday, but as we're talking about, there's the transfer portal. There's, you know, next season in the SEC. And I want to at least touch on that because there is some news coming out about what that that is going to look like in some cases. Uh, the big Texas-Texas A&M game, uh, after all these years, will be taking place on Saturday, November the 30th. I've seen, you know, some split opinions about Thanksgiving Day and all of that, but that's obviously going to be a monster game. But, I mean, they got Michigan on the road in the non-con next year. They've got Georgia, Arkansas's back on the schedule, A&M's back on the schedule. You're still playing OU. There's Florida. I mean, this thing is going to be ridiculous, and I know that's that's why they did it. But just your thoughts on kind of some of that being unveiled, but in particular uh, on A&M and Texas and, and next November 30th on a Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be, be something else. And, uh you know, Thursday is, uh, I assume they'll keep the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. So then, you know, that's why they wouldn't move it back to there. And then, you know, the Big 12 would announce Saturday of that weekend, and then they would reserve the right to move it to Friday. We saw that. I don't know if that's uh, the case with the SEC, if they say, all right, they're going to play it Saturday until they decide not. But, yeah, obviously that's going to be something else in the last game of the regular season. So you wonder what's on the line. And then – uh, how about uh, Georgia coming here? Mm-hmm. That's going to be around the OU game. They haven't announced the OU game, but typically that OU game would be a week or two weeks uh, before uh, the Georgia game here, which, by the way, is Formula One weekend, so stay away from Austin <laughs> unless, <laughs> oh unless you've got a place yeah. to stay. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, uh, and, you know, I was thinking today if Texas uh, gets jumped by Alabama uh, – why do you go play Michigan, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's the point? Clearly that, that win in Alabama wouldn't mean anything in terms of you beat them head-to-head. Now, I, I get it. They're, you know, about a marquee matchup and all that, but, you know, kind of half-joking. I mean, there, there's no point in playing it if you have actual proof that it didn't help you. And so – but we'll see what happens. You know, Roger, and the thing – the logic they would use is, like, Alabama's better now. Well, like – Sorry, it's not Texas's fault that Alabama was trying to figure themselves out in September and Texas wasn't. Like everyone has you know, their own way of their yeah, own narrative. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alabama though, and like the reason they're so scary, even for a school like Texas that, given the same position, would probably be given the same benefit of the doubt uh, a lot of the time. Is Alabama seems to get no? There's no punishment for anything they do wrong. Like it's, ah, eh, you know. They lost. So it's did this other for team. For so but... long, they and Georgia were so good. Yeah. Or Clemson, it's like, well, they have to be in the playoff, right? No, not That's everybody right. does. I, not everybody wins a I ribbon. Think, hey, David, I think it's it's recent history, and the committees, they're human. They're going, well, they must be a top four team. Look mm-hmm. what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, and clearly Jalen Milrow. But Jalen Milrow had his moments against Texas. Yeah, he made a couple of bad plays, but he had plenty of uh, dynamic moments against Texas way back on September 9th. Uh, but you're right. It would be, um, you know, X would uh, would implode on Sunday if it comes down to that uh, and Texas gets jumped. But obviously a lot of things have to happen. And I'm sure the committee could argue, well, they beat the number one team on a neutral site field and they lost 
11 weeks ago. So, you know, they, yeah. they'll, they'll have their ducks in a row that happens, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with, <laughs> with Louisville and Florida state too. Yeah. There's a lot of games still to be played. And, and then you, you look at the alpha logos and brands and this one has including Texas, Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, maybe even Alabama. I mean, it's uh and Florida State's a pretty rich history, too. Thank you, Raj. Appreciate it. Enjoy the broadcast. Thanks for your time today. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.